OHL hockey is back. This is the Farwell and Pope podcast. Originating from the 570 News studio in Kitchener. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Chris Pope. I love how we're not even at Christmas and we're already talking about Memorial Cup favorites. But that's because there is no, a there's clear, not. Yes, there is. No, there's not. Yes, there Stop is. Stop it. Why? I won't stop it. It's true. a Memorial Cup favorite. Absolutely. The Sioux Greyhounds were ranked number one, dominated for about 364 days last season and didn't make it out of the OHL. Stop talking about Memorial Cup favorites. We can talk about who's a favorite for the Memorial Cup when we know who's in it. I will tell you right now, and I'm not saying Memorial Cup favorite. I'll step that back and... To be brutally honest about it, the reason I will is because I don't get to pay near enough attention to the Western Hockey League and the Quebec League. Heck, I have a hard enough time keeping up with the Eastern Conference of the OHL because we're (laughs) mired here in the West. But the OHL Championship, I promise you, at this moment goes right through the nation's capital, period. And if you need any more proof than that, just look at the schedule and look back to October. Okay, now that we're just before Christmas in mid-December, you have to go back to October to find the last time the Ottawa 67s lost a game in regulation. That's it. So, yeah, we can talk about how they're a favorite in the Ontario Hockey League. Let's not talk about Memorial Cup favorites. who's talking about Memorial Cup favorites? Everyone. Who? Who are these everyones? Look at Sportsnet's Twitter. Oh, gosh. The very first, one of the, they tweeted the article about Michael DiPietro being traded to the 67s, and there was an article written that said, taking a look at who's a Memorial Cup favorite. Maybe they just meant to have entry into the tournament. I don't know. Anyway, anyway. It's, a, it's a huge move. Michael DiPietro traded to the Ottawa 67s, who already boast a top five goaltender statistically in the Ontario Hockey League. They've now added the best goaltender in the Ontario Hockey League, and... They have a top line that seems to be scoring at will. And if you think that goaltending wins championships, oh, daddy. What do you think of the trade? I, you know what? I want to say, I want to say it was a steal. It was a steal. For, uh, for Boyd up in. James uh, Boyd. James. Former Kitchener Ranger. Why was I forgetting his first name? It makes me feel bad. Yeah. I want to say steal, but here's the thing. And it, and I think you're going to agree because it's it's hard to find a deal in the Ontario Hockey League that Warren Reichel has made that he has not come out on, if not the winning end, because it's somewhat subjective. But I don't think he's been fleeced, and I wouldn't go so far as to say he's even lost a trade. So I want to say steal for James Boyd because he gets the best goaltender in the Ontario Hockey League, arguably one of the best in Canada, or arguably, arguably the best, certainly one of the best in Canada. A guy that's already won a Memorial Cup championship, and he doesn't give up a roster player to do it. How? I don't know. I really don't. It's impressive. We talked. Like, I thought, I want to know. I want, I want Bundy to write a book because I want to know what the offer was from Kitchener last year. You have to believe Mike McKenzie had an offer for Michael DiPietro last year. I want to know what it was because I think it was astronomically higher 
than what Warren Reichel got this year. You really think Mike McKenzie yeah. had a deal for, or yeah. wanted to make a deal? I don't think 100%. so. 100%. I do. Hmm. I do. All the rumors were out there about Owen Sound trying to make the deal. Yeah. I I don't know. it. Well, and that rumor was Aiden Dudas plus draft picks. Eight, as I recall, yeah. was the number of draft picks on the Four table. Sack. I thought this was going to be well, a King's ransom. And I know you're only getting, like, what, 35 games? regular season games out of them you're getting half a season i know that but still this is a go- this is a game changer it is a game changer look at the deal that was just made for jason robertson yeah. who we're going to hear from in just a bit and i know it, it wasn't just a 35 game or a half a season deal for robertson but still well, and, relatively and exactly an incredible ransom paid for him if you've been sleeping it was in exchange for michael di pietro four seconds a conditional second, two conditional thirds, plus the rights to Russian forward Igor. I'm sorry, I don't know how to say Afanasev. Anyway, like and that's it. So the rights, and, and you can be sure, I, I'd bet my bottom dollar that Igor ends up in the Ontario Hockey League with the Windsor Spitfires, if not later this year, next season for sure. And those conditional picks are contingent upon... Igor playing in the OHL. So this could end up being a deal for four second round picks. Well, because the conditions get lifted from them. Oh, four second rounds. Yeah. 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 I still think that's not high enough. I really do. And Windsor sending two picks with Di Pietro to Ottawa. Yeah. One of them a second. Yeah. Yeah. I really just but don't. I haven't seen Igor Afanasayev play. Have you? Oh, yeah. Frequently, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> On one of our scouting trips, so I know, but I'd, I'd still, I, he could, he could be the next Taylor Hall in this league. I still think at this point, to trade an asset like Michael DiPietro and what I feel that they could have gotten last year, I think Ottawa fleeced him. I really do. Well, fleeced is way too strong a word in this. If if Windsor goes on in the next year or two with Igor a part of their lineup to win a fourth Memorial Cup championship in what would then be, what, 11 or 12 years, then what? Then is it worth it? Well, I think they were in a pretty good position to do that anyway. This is my point, right? <laughs> I, I, shouldn't say, I shouldn't say fleece. I, just, I think that they didn't get as much as they probably could have. And I wonder if that's also because if you look at the teams contending this year, a lot of them don't need goaltending help. I know that any team would take Michael DiPietro, with all due respect to the goaltenders in this league, just about every team would take Michael DiPietro over their starter. But I think that's why the price wasn't so high. There wasn't that market. I think Niagara's pretty happy with Stephen Dillon. I think London's obviously happy with their two-headed monster. Absolutely. I don't know. You and I were One talking. Sound. Yeah. But now they're talking that it might be a fire sale up there. So, interesting. You and I talked on one of our Kitchener Rangers broadcasts in the past week. And by the way... If your team is playing the Rangers, stream us, 570news.com, or on the Radio Player Canada app, just find 570 News. Or maybe your team's not playing, you just want to follow some OHL. We do the games there. But we were talking on one of our previous broadcasts that it's a buyer's market this year, or at least so it seems. And I think this is just another indication of that. And let's talk a little bit more about the Windsor Spitfires and what they get in the championship pedigree that comes with Michael DiPietro. Because you've got a guy there in Cedric Andre. You've already referenced him. And this Ottawa team, which I 
pointed out, hasn't lost in regulation since October. It's going along great guns, and it's not exactly a veteran club. You've got a, a lot of nice pieces. Marco Rossi's still away, uh, nursing that elbow injury, won't be back till after Christmas, but they're just chugging right along in Ottawa. This team right now, under James Boyd's guidance as the general manager, is is really positioning itself as a as a beast in the East. I like the moves they made, but I do, I still think there's deal more deals to be made, and I really think even with Michael DiPietro and we I, for anyone listening for the first time, I make zero apologies. I am a massive Michael DiPietro fan. Don't care. I still think though Niagara is the team to beat. I know that Ottawa's record is where it's at. I just don't think they're deep enough up front. And I don't think they have the the defense that Niagara has. I think the Niagara Ice Dogs are still the team to beat. Obviously, you, you look at Cedric Andre's numbers. We were talking about him 19-2-1-1. One, and one. And as a rookie, you're probably thinking, this is all right. I'm not too bad. Cruising. And then they trade for Michael Pietro. What, what else more does he have to do? I don't, I don't know. Well, win a championship. Yeah. And that's why the 67s go out and do this. And Andre's going to be there next year, and he's going to be just fine, and he's going to be learning behind DiPietro. It also will give the 67s the luxury of not playing DiPietro in 32 of the next 35 games. So you're going to have him fresh and ready. And there's no question in my mind that the prohibitive favorite in the Eastern Conference and in the Ontario Hockey League. I'm sorry, London, and your two-headed monster, and anybody else in the West that thinks they have a shot this year, Ottawa is in control of this league right now from a championship potential standpoint. What if Guelph goes out and gets Valalta and Frost? Are they now in that conversation? Valalta's a heck of a goalie, but historically playoffs have not exactly been his best friend sure they are and look i'm not trying to discount niagara or london because we all know london's gonna london but for me you go out and get one of the best goalies in all of canadian hockey forget about it and you're already again a team that hasn't lost in regulation since october just stop it it and i like i said i I still think niagara is the team and it's interesting it's niagara goes out and gets the best goal scorer in the league and then Ottawa's like, okay, you're going out to get offense? We'll go out and get Mikey DiPietro. Keep in mind, and I, I know what I just said about Niagara, but this is a Michael DiPietro who absolutely stole, stole a Memorial Cup from Erie in that first period in the final. That's my point. That was some of the best goaltending I've ever seen at any level. It was unbelievable. He's going to have to do it again, though, I think, if, if that Niagara team continues to add, which... I'm hearing they are. This guy, Michael DiPietro, uh, for all he has done off the ice, or on the ice, pardon me, off the ice, he is as professional uh, as they come. And his tweet after the trade, it hurts so bad because the time I had was so good. And then a little bit of a, well, just a, a letter to the fans of the Windsor Spitfires and, and the organization itself. It's, it's really impressive stuff listening to him and they posted a video if you haven't seen it i highly advise you to go watch it on the windsor spitfires twitter account at spitz hockey he wasn't just another player on that team there's there's players sending out tweets already he was getting emotional in the video he was getting emotional with the media he didn't want to be traded he didn't want to leave being a windsor spitfire literally meant everything 
to this kid. You hear it a lot about people, you know, we, we see it growing up in Kitchener, Connor Hall growing up in Cambridge, people growing up watching this team and playing. And yeah, it's cool to be a Kitchener Ranger. I think it meant, I haven't seen a kid like this and, and talking and the emotion that he had. I, I Like this means the world to Mikey DiPietro. And in the video, he says, you know, everything I've done for this community, I wish I could have done more. Like, I'm like, who are you? <laughs> Like He's at a this guy that age, yeah. right? At this age, it's crazy to see that. And as you as you mentioned, as you mentioned, everything on the ice. He's obviously a great person. Off, and if he doesn't make the World Junior Team this year, I'm going to lose my mind. He'll make, I thought I almost lost my mind last year when I, he didn't. I make know it. I did on the air. Oh my <laughs> goodness gracious! Okay, uh, we mentioned the other big deal that has happened already, and I'm starting to wonder, Popper, are we getting to the point now, even in the OHL? Because we've kind of riffed on this a bit in the National Hockey League, all of the coverage that happens. And I think part of this is around the whole salary cap era and stuff. But we see day-long coverage for NHL trade deadline day. I happen to have an opportunity to be a part of it in a very behind-the-scenes sort of way uh, at Sportsnet years and years ago. It's pretty phenomenal what goes into it. But the day itself... It turns out to be a little bit of a dud because you're not seeing these these blockbusters. The OHL is jumping out pretty quick this year with the Robertson deal. Now the DiPietro deal already being done before Christmas. It's it's kind of interesting. But on the Robertson front, you had a chance to uh, chat with him when Niagara came into Kitchener the other week. Uh, what are we going to hear in this conversation? We're going to hear a very well-spoken Jason Robertson who's extremely happy to be in Niagara and the opportunity that he has with the Ice Dogs. All right, here you go. So obviously the trade. Uh, we're going to start there. Uh, how did you find out? Uh, um, it was a Monday night, a uh, day off, and uh, I was at home playing games with my buddies, and, you know, uh, I got a text message from my GM to come in the rink, and, you know, on my way there, I get a call from uh, Jacob saying, when are you going to be there? And I didn't know that <laughs> until uh, he told me that, and it's was like, oh, Pac, you're coming. <laughs> oh, you're coming too. So uh, we both got to the rink and talked to the GM, and, uh, you know, he told us what the deal is, and, you know, we understood what happened and uh, the process, and, uh, you know, it was emotional at the beginning, but, uh, you know, now, a week, week and a half after it, it was, it was best for both worlds, so it, it, it went well. You mentioned those emotions. What were they? Was it, because I read something where you said you, you expected to be traded at some point. So what were those emotions like when you finally found out? Yeah, it's, it's like a weird scenario where, um, you know it's going to happen. You don't want it to happen. You know it's going to happen, though. But, uh, you know, it was pretty quickly, too. I thought it would be you know deadline deal. But, you know, since now it's been, uh, what, a month and a half before the deadline, it's gonna, it looks you know, better going into the end of the first half with the, with the new team and get more familiar instead of uh, getting rushed into it in the second half. So, uh, you know, it was, I, I leave Kingston on a good note. It, I, you know, I'll miss everything there. I love the, love the city, love the fans, love everything there. And, you know, I spent three and a half years there, so I, <laughs> I grew up as a man there. So I, and, and I'm really thankful my, for my time there. You mentioned Jacob, Jacob Paquette coming over with you. Does it make it easier having a guy that you spent some time with? Yeah, me and Jacob go way back, back in uh, when we went to our first rookie camp in 2015 as uh, a couple uh, a couple draft picks. So uh, we've been together for 
like I said, three and a half years and three and a half years continuing now. So um, coming with the pack, it's a lot, uh, you know, a lot makes it a lot more comfortable for me knowing that I have somebody there that I can trust immediately and uh, somebody can look like have, who has my back uh, really. And, uh, you know, I played with and I enjoy playing with and I'm looking forward to finishing my OHL career with. So it's, uh, it's really, it's really good that he came with me back-to-back 40 goal seasons for yourself you were obviously the big name in that deal I feel like almost a disservice to Jacob that he was lumped in with you for people who may not know a lot about him obviously you the big headliner but a guy like Jacob what is it about him that allows uh, a team to be so high on him I just think he's you know he does his role phenomenal he I think he's he's a shutdown defenseman and you know I've had the best view of him in the past couple years so he's done a phenomenal job ever since uh, he was a 16 year old playing for us and you know in our uh Oh, on a run last year, he was uh, pivotal in our uh, success last year, and he just does everything well in the defensive zone. You know, he doesn't really get looked on too much offensively because uh, he has other guys ahead of him. But uh, you know, he's been doing really well since he got into Niagara, and you know, he's on a four-game point streak, so <laughs> so good for him. But you know, I really admire the way he plays in the penalty kill. I think that's one thing that you know is a little underrated. He's uh, you know, people look at the five-on-three offensively, like the goal scorers and um, the playmakers, like like me. But realistically, when I'm on the defensive side watching my teammate killing it five on three it's you know I give a lot of respect to those guys who you know lay it on the line and really really do the play their game the right way and do their role right so Jacob um, I, I can tell he's enjoying his time in Niagara and he's gonna have a really fun end of the year I mentioned the back-to-back 40s you're on off to a torrent start already this season and I think eight points in three games here in Niagara is it safe to say the transition to Niagara has been pretty seamless for you yeah it's well you know Kingston you know, Kingston was the strongest team in like in, in, the, in the league and you know unfortunately I don't want to say that but you know it's reality so I come to Niagara they have a lot of skilled players and I was able to blend well on their you know, on the top line and on their power play and um, you know it's been going well so far so I'm looking forward to keep it going throughout the rest of the weekend and throughout the rest of the year. You mentioned the rest of the year and you've mentioned finishing your junior career how important is it for you to take that next step next year into the pros? I think it's I'm just another another step for me. Like last year, I was 19, 18 year old, uh, knowing that you know I'm coming back. I could come back to OHL. It's uh, it's uh, what I think. That's that's what my goal is. You know, win a championship yes, next, last year with Kingston, and you know this year probably go some, do it again somewhere else. But you know, for, really for me, my next my goal next year is to make it to the National Hockey League. And I think I know Dallas Dallas their uh, you know their opinions on me getting traded is what they wanted to get more experience. And you know, at the end of the day, when you get far the farther you go in playoffs. The better the competition gets and uh, I think that would really help me in my uh, hockey career going forward. What can you take away from that run last year in Kingston? You mentioned it a couple times, now trying to do it again. What can you take away from that run? I just think it's a lot harder than it actually seems. You know, if it was easy, everyone could do it. <laughs> so, uh, it was once, especially when I got down to the third round, that's when it really gets nitty and gritty. And winning on the road, especially, is the hardest thing to do. So, um, I have a lot of experience playing in the playoffs, like third round, second round, second round. So, um, I know I met, somebody mentioned to me that there were only like three or four guys here who made it past the, the second round. So, uh, I just look forward to bringing my you know, experience and really try to lead by example and showing how hard it is to, to try to win the playoffs. Thanks a lot. Thank you much. Appreciate it. Best of luck, eh? Thank you. 19 points in six games. Not bad. So he's still on that point per period pace. (laughs) Yes. It's ridiculous. He's more than that A little bit, yeah. Yeah. A little bit more than a point per period for Jason Robertson. Is that worth the 11 picks? They also got a stay-at-home defenseman, too, in Jacob Paquette, who we heard him talk about. I think that is lunacy. 
He can't keep like he can't keep it up, right? No, he can't keep it up. But it's been fun to watch. And Six games. Is it worth the picks? Uh, ask me after they play their last game of the season, because you're only as good as that last game. I'm, I'm with you, right? And who knows? And Di Pietro is not as easy to score on as perhaps some of the goalies that Robertson has seen. But either way. Apparently it doesn't matter who's in net. Awesome stuff. 19 points in six games. Awesome stuff. Uh, As we're talking about trades, worth noting, the Kitchener Rangers have made a move. It's the furthest thing from a blockbuster. But in exchange for an eighth round pick in 2022, Cole Cameron becomes a Kitchener Ranger instead of a North Bay Battalion. I, I envision this going down... As follows, Pober, the North Bay Battalion are in Kitchener this weekend. In fact, at the time of this recording, they're in town tonight. Uh, Cole Cameron sitting there on the bus with his buddies that he's played with these last couple of years, and they're coming to Kitchener, and then they're going to get off the bus, and he's going to be on the visitor side of the Memorial Auditorium, and all his buddies are going to keep going one way, and he's going to veer left and go around to the other side and go to his new dressing room with the team. I think that's what's going to happen. No, he had to have come down yesterday. Why? to avoid that situation <laughs> it's coming down anyway yeah maybe i don't to know skate with the team yesterday and then this morning <laughs> man could you imagine if that's how it worked that'd be funny oh my goodness be outstanding um i think this is a, a pretty good move for kitchener in the sense that it gives them a player that can play forward and defend oh no wait they have one of those what about the fact in all honesty that, that was this, a joke but anyway. i got it okay i, I liked it yeah. kind of it was yeah. weak what about the fact that this look i don't think First of all, it tells us what Connor Hall's future yeah. is, and everybody knew. Exactly. Uh, and I don't think it's the worst thing to do to stabilize a defense that's been struggling it's certainly of late. But you are taking time now away from likely Arbor Jacki, who, listen, I'm not saying he's the second coming of Bobby Orr, for, don't get me wrong, but do you want to see guys like Jacki getting minutes, or do you need to kind of plug a hole on the back end in the likes of Cole Cameron. No, you needed it. Yeah. There's no I other option. So yeah. I we talked I've talked about it on the broadcast. This team needed a stay at home defenseman. There's a lot of guys on this Rangers back end that are young and obviously Sabrango and Jack Eye. And then there's a lot of guys on the Rangers back end when Garafa was there that like to jump up in the rush. Sabrango, York, Bukojevic, Garafa. And they need that guy that's just going to be like the Kyle Gentles. Uh, I'll just hang back here, high off the glass, and we'll get out of the zone. Don't, and that's what he is. Don't forget, I think we I think we do forget how young Vukojevic still is. Yeah, we, we definitely forget. It's his forget. draft year, yeah. and he only he played less than half a season last year, and he, to me, I mean, he, hasn't, he doesn't even have a full 68 games under his skates mm-hmm. yet, right? Mm-hmm. And he's not surrounded by Austin McEnany's, Connor Hall's, and Logan Stanley's this year. Yeah, he played with Logan Stanley a lot in the playoffs last year, and I think what we're seeing is that youth and and just how easy it is to play with Logan Stanley and what he what he does out there. It it made um, Michael Vukovic's job really easy, and it's a young back end and one that is going to be very good for quite some time. But they need that Connor Hall, that Cole Cameron now comes in and just is that stay at home guy, going to calm things down play smart in my own end, look after my own end, because uh, the last little while, the Rangers have had, had issues looking after their own end. If you're a fan of the Kitchener Rangers and you're looking ahead to the trade deadline this year, I think general manager Mike McKenzie, he'd never admit to losing sleep over anything other than his infant child at home. 
But I got to think he's staying up pretty late some nights because he's got tough decisions to make. I think there are five guys on this Ranger team that will turn of age or of overage next season in Nick McHugh, Jonathan Yancis, Joseph Gareffa, Greg Morellis, and Luke Richardson. And we all know that you can only have three dressed on any given night. So if you want to maximize value for these players, for these assets, you would look to move them this year at the trade deadline as opposed to waiting until the summer when their value would be lessened because everybody knows, well, now you have to get rid of these guys. So I'm wondering where Mike McKenzie's head is at in that regard. And and one thing I think he is probably considering is the fact that the Rangers have had some struggles this year. I think injuries have played a part, but all teams go through them. And he's going to have to decide if he needs to keep these horses in his stable right now so that this team doesn't go into the playoffs in an eighth seed and whimper out in the first round. I think that you're probably right. Um, I like the idea of holding on to all five and making some decisions a little later. Just because this team is so young, you need... And a lot, some of those guys are the guys, the only guys going right now. Yeah, but you know what? They're, right? not, they're not that young. They're really not that young. Yes, they graduated a lot of players and some top-end talent, but the team, to use the term young, I, I'd use inexperienced more okay. than young. Okay, we, because, can, we can use that. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. But of those five guys, those are the guys pulling on the rope right now. There's not many other guys that are putting points on the board. So you're gonna if you're going to move a couple of those, then you're taking away your offense. And yes, oh, you know, someone else is going to get that opportunity. Everyone is getting that opportunity this year on Eastaff. It's everyone's getting that opportunity. The ice time is being shared. The only two that I would watch for, and it's up to Mike McKenzie as to who he's keeping next year, but there are two potential overagers next year that hail from Ottawa. Ottawa is obviously making a push as we talked about. If one or both of those Ottawa natives are not in Mike McKenzie's plans, it would be pretty sweet, I would think, for those overagers to make a run in their hometown. If I've, they weren't in the plans. I have no idea. I'm just saying that if if they're not, that's a trade I could see happening. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Ottawa still has two OA spots open. Next year or this no, year? No, this year. Oh, this year. Oh, yeah, right. They're not no, always they're, this no, year. No, they're yeah. always right. next, year. next year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, anyway. just something to think. I don't know. Yep. And I, I, just because of the moves Ottawa's made, it would be kind of sweet. If I have no idea what McKenzie's going to do. I wouldn't blame him if he kept all five and made a decision well, in the summer. This is the thing. Right? Yeah. You don't know. Okay, speaking of decisions, uh, Hockey Canada has made its annual decisions. Well, at least in terms of the invitees to the World Junior Selection Camp. And every year when we talk about this, I think the best way to go about it is, you know, agree disagree where are the where are the uh, major gaps I've, I've heard two names come up and both I can dismiss rather easily and those names are Matthew Strom and Ryan Merkley as players that did not even get the invite uh, I, I love Matthew Strom he has done more in this game than I initially thought he might have big time huge huge above my expectations for whatever those expectations are worth uh, and I just don't think his skating is there for the international tournament. And Ryan Merkley, who is an all-world talent, but 
I just don't think he's there in terms of his maturity yet. And besides, anybody that's squawking that Ryan Merkley didn't get named to the selection camp roster, he will next year. I'm with you on Strom, 100%. Couldn't agree with you more. Merkley, I am a little surprised about, though. Short tournament, the only knock on him is sometimes his give-a-crap level dives below the zero on the meter, and his attitude. Well, I think in that kind of um, environment, when when you're wearing the Canadian national logo and you're around the leadership that that team has, look at how many guys are captains of their team on that roster. It's crazy. I think that, you know, you start to turn that attitude around a little more. You know the eyes that are on you. I think sometimes the game's just so easy for Mercury. He's like, I don't need to really concentrate that much. I'm nasty. <laughs> and he is. <laughs> yeah. He's gross. So I, I really thought that he would at least get an invite to camp. But obviously the brass thought that that attitude and the, the give a crap level, if you're going to do that on a day-to-day basis, then we're not going to invite you to this camp. But yeah, he will be there next year. I would think unless they're, again, it's just, They've already made their mind up on him. I don't know. Yeah, if he's somehow blacklisted, yeah. but I, I can't imagine. I think he, he gets there. Oh, he wore an A at the under-18 overseas a couple of years ago, or last year. Yeah. You, you look down uh, the roster, and you see that it's going to be a tough stretch for Sault Ste. Marie. Both Morgan Frost and Barrett Hayton go. It's going to be tough for the London Knights. Formanton, Bouchard, Foodie all get the uh, invitations. I, I do this every year. I was looking. I don't know, as as you said, we don't know a lot about the West, and we don't know a lot about the Q. But I was looking at those OHL players. I don't know if there's two that get cut. I know. I really don't. It Look, there. yeah, there's some great players. There are some great players. But there are great players clear across this country. Of course. We know that. Yeah, and I look at those players. I agree. It's a really impressive list. Ty DeLandria, Mac Entwistle. Uh, who else did him? Isaac Ratcliffe, Nick Suzuki. I it's mean, nasty. Owen Tippett. I really like that invite. It'll be interesting to see if he sticks. But I don't he, know how he wouldn't. Yeah. He's a pure goal scorer. Here's the most interesting to me, and you can cue the conspiracy theories, okay? Okay. But Gabe Velarde has yeah. been invited. He's property of the Los Angeles Kings, currently playing with the Ontario Reign in the AHL. So who's to say... Popper. Stop it. Why not? Stop it. Wouldn't be the first time. Stop it. Would not be the first time. No. They they have to do something with this dumb rule that there has to be, they have to drop the age because if you're not 19, you can't play in the American League if you're not playing in the OHL or the NHL, right? If you can't can't make the NHL, then like Evan Bouchard, he couldn't be sent to the American League this year because he's not old enough. Right. He's too good for this league. Gabe Velarde is way too good for this league. They have to change the rule because I think it's silly. Well, if I'm in Kingston, I am licking my chops because no way. look at all the picks they just got back in the Jason Robertson, Jacob Paquette deal. T- all you, of a sudden, Velarde gets returned to the Stop Kingston it. Frontenacs. Look out. Stop it. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there for you. And you shouldn't. All right. Let me tell you I something. I don't think it's going to happen. You sure about that? Yeah. You want to make a wager? You want to well, put a wager on this one? Okay, but I won't do the box of beer. I will do a coffee on this one. Though, okay. Because I'm not, I'm not like super convinced, but I think it is pretty interesting. Okay. Coffee? Coffee. Extra large? Two milk, please. <laughs> you think you're going to win this one? 100%. Okay. Speaking of things that have just been put out there, I came across a tweet from Gord Miller, who, by the way, I want to say, when I think of excellent play-by-play guys, 
I think he's top three. Like he's way up there. I got him. I got him number three. I'm nostalgia. Maybe this could be a topic for a later show. Let okay. us know what you think with the hashtag Ask FNP. Nostalgia, Bob Cole. Sorry, does it for me. Number two, best in the world currently doing it, Chris Cuthbert. Third, Gord Miller. Yeah, see, I've got Cuthbert at number one, and I, I've got all the nostalgia in the world, I think. I love Bob Cole. I'm not sure he's my top three right now. Wow. I know. That's, I love it. That's terrible, isn't it? It is. I love the guy. Anyway, but yeah, Gord's right up there. Uh, speaking of the hashtag, ask FNP, by the way, Dana is asking, he, he posted, he shared a picture that was taken by Tony Saxon, great guy uh, with Guelph today, but it was uh, Ryan Merkley getting a rough ride in the game against the uh, Kitchener Rangers. Anyway, he asked if, if this is a headshot and if the league should step in and take a look at it. Dana, it's got to be a shot to the head to be a headshot. Give your head a shake. Anyway. I didn't see it. Yeah, it's just. I'm it's, not manning our Twitter right now. Speaking of Twitter, at underscore Chris Pope <laughs> and at Farwell underscore OHL. And the hashtag, if you want a question that uh, we may or may not answer, ask FNP. So back to Gord yeah, Miller. What Gord on Twitter. So he, he tweeted about, I guess, Brendan Gallagher showed up for something at the Bell Center uh, wearing just a T-shirt. Not just, I mean, you know, pants and a T-shirt. And Gord used that as an opportunity to call out this, as he called it, uh, I should have pulled up the actual tweet, but anyway, he's, he called it ridiculous that 13-year-old kids are expected to show up to hockey arenas wearing suits a la their NHL heroes who also show up to arenas wearing suits. The argument was made, of course, that these NHLers leave their homes, get into their cars, drive to an arena or get dropped off. Underground parking, walk into the arena. The only time you ever see them in these suits is if the cameras catch them with that walk-in shot that we see so often on Hockey Night in Canada. So I thought Gord's argument was going to be that when you're 13 years old, you don't have the luxury of essentially being climate-controlled the entire trip, right? Mm -hmm. You're on buses, you're going to places that are not underground parking, all these different things, and you're going to ruin your nice suit. No, Gord's point was that he doesn't think 13-year-old kids should have to do this and parents should have to assume this as yet another expense in an already expensive game. And just because I've taken too much of my your time on this, I'll just say, Gord, settle down. I love the suits, and kids should wear them too. I'm with Gord. I think the game of hockey is way too expensive as it is, and we're limiting the number of kids that can actually play it. And that's a shame in this country, as we see enrollment in hockey going down each and every year. I think it should be as simple. If you're playing minor hockey, wear whatever you want. Wear a hoodie to the game. No one cares. You're playing minor hockey. Enjoy it. If you're at the junior level, of course, yes. If you're at the 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 minor hockey level of like the triple A, the single A, the double A, it should be up to the team. I really think so. Ask your team. Let's take a survey. What do you guys want to wear? Track suits? Or you guys want to wear whatever you want, or you want suits. If the players want to wear a suit and tie, wear a suit and tie. If you want, if your team wants to wear track suits, wear track suits. It really doesn't matter. You ever heard the phrase? We're already judging these kids out way too much as it is. Let's lay off of what they're wearing to the game. You ever heard the phrase "dress for success"? I once. Quick story. When I was playing junior, we uh, had a newspaper guy come in and do an article on me and my fellow goaltender. Completely different personalities. Best friends. I was the MC of his wedding. I walked by the the newspaper writer the day after he had done the interview, and he goes, 
Bober, great suit, looking sharp. I looked at him, I said, look good, feel good, play good. Put that in your article. He put it in his article. So yeah, I know what you're talking about. But okay. at, this, at the kid level, it doesn't matter. But don't for one second, do not for one second hang this as an additional cost that becomes burdensome for families. It might be. Nobody don't says... Know. No, we do know. No, we don't. Yes, we do. We don't know other people's financial situations. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. Nobody is saying these kids have to show up in a Hugo Boss, or if you want to stay Canadian... Shout out, unendorsed, but love the Copley. Copley is a fantastic clothing brand made right in Hamilton. But they don't have to have a custom-made, expensive, tailored suit. Here's my quick story. I'm at Listowel Patty Fest last year. I know you know about Patty Fest in Listowel. I do. And we're having some gala night, and one of the guys from the local Lions Club that was up there talking had a sharp jacket and I couldn't really tell from where I was sitting in the room but I guess it was green in honor of Patty Fest right anyway guy looked great and he joked during his speech that he got it for $10 at Value Village Popper you can put the kid in whatever suit you can afford the idea is that you are dressing for success the idea is that you are presenting yourself in a professional manner even if you are just 13 years old i'm sorry but i don't buy the financial argument at all nobody says it has to be custom made fully tailored anything just put on something that makes you act as if to quote vin diesel in the boiler room and if you do want a custom made suit head down down to channers Sponsor of our post game on 570 News. Uptown Waterloo, you can't go wrong. King uh, and Willis Way. <laughs> I'll do anything for a buck, eh? <laughs> Channers, I want a suit. Um, Copley, baby. Whew. Listen, no one knows as as uh, no one knows the benefits of a Value Village suit more than myself. This is I didn't want to bring that up, but if I you wear want, them all the time. And you know I what? love a Value Village suit. Buy an oversized one. Go get it tailored. It t- costs. 40 bucks, it's great and if you can afford it. But you look I, I'm with you, but you said if you want to look professional. They're not professional. I'm talking about the kids like where I grew up, playing from the Minto Mad Dogs in a C center. If my coach told me to wear a suit to the game, I would have said, man, there's no one here. My parents dropped me off and I walk into the room. No one at that level. They shouldn't have to wear a suit. There should be no expectations within a hockey program as to what you want or as to what you should or have to wear. If the Cambridge AAA Bantam Hawks, if you if you want to wear a suit and tie to a game or a tie and a dress shirt and your Cambridge Hawks jacket, go for it. If the coach decides that he doesn't think his team should have to, great. It really doesn't matter. There's enough things going on that that we're judging these kids on and that's going on in the kid's life if they don't want to wear a suit don't wear a suit who cares i'm gonna i don't say understand again. the big deal so why do we have to force them to wear yeah but you 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 went to a high school where you had to wear the same clothes as everyone else i know i did i wore the uniform there but i'll tell you where this really dumb honest to goodness, also dumb but carry on could have the argument on that too sure. i'm not sure that it is. i'll tell you what I'll, honest to goodness what i loved about it i never had to worry because i didn't have like honestly, I I, wore, I was wearing GWG yeah. jeans. Okay, I didn't have kicks. I had running shoes. Yeah. I went know? to I went to Catholic school one semester. Yeah, and we had our uniforms. And yeah, you know, you flipped out the color shirt you were wearing every every other day. It's awesome, right? But it's still I don't like. <sighs> I'm gonna say again, Ala Vin Diesel in the boiler room. Act as if. And my experience with this goes instead of high school, but to college. 
when I was at Conestoga College in the broadcasting program and in the third year of college, I was the program director of the college radio station and I started wearing a suit or at least a shirt and tie to school because I saw my dad do that when he went to work he was a teacher. He always dressed in jacket and tie, carried his briefcase. I thought, well, I'm the program manager, even though it's not paid, it's part of school. At the college radio station, I'm going to act as though I take this seriously. I'm going to be a professional. And I admit, I'm a little bit old school in that regard. I've got a... I've, a in that regard. You think I'm just old school? All yes. Around? Okay. <laughs> I've got a fedora. I haven't yet uh, pulled out. I know. That was, that was great. I wanna, you're, you're old school. I have a fedora. I, I've been waiting to bring it to a game. I want to wear it to a game. Please I don't want do. to attract please, too much attention, though, because it's, it's pretty sick. Anyway, oh, I, I, think you, I think you put on the air of professionalism any chance you get. And I, I think it's, look, if your NHL heroes are doing it, you can find a $40 value village suit too. I'm with you. Like I, I get what you're saying. I get the, the point of view for sure. I, I was always raised show up overdressed. It's better to be overdressed exactly. than underdressed. Yep. And I, I try to on most occasions, but you know what? Some days I just like to put on my baggy pants and a t-shirt and rock it some days, but not days where you're going to a rink, but I want to. So I'm going to do that. That's my thing. We, Shouldn't be telling kids that they have to do what they don't. If they want to wear a suit, let them wear a suit. Ask Tommy. Tommy, what do you want to wear to the game today? I want to wear a tie. Okay, cool. End of argument. Tommy, what do you want to wear to the game today? I want my Spider-Man t-shirt. Okay, then wear your Spider-Man t-shirt. Should be whatever makes you comfortable because you're going to go on the ice and be judged. So let's stop judging them on the way to the rink. Your children are going to love you. I'm not having children. You think I can barely look after myself. (laughs) Tell me about it. (laughs) Speaking of which... The Farwell and Pope podcasts, uh, podcast, one of the things that we like to think differentiates us from all of the other podcasts out there talking about the Ontario Hockey League is that we like to take you on the road with us. The problem is we haven't been very far lately. Guelph, shout out to Rusty and Dougie and the entire training staff with the Guelph Storm. Love them. And everybody else over there. Gary, who works in the building at the Sleeman Center, love those guys. Uh, I was late coming up to the press box after my post-game interview because happens. Rusty grabbed me. Of course he did. And Rusty, he might still be talking if you hadn't right? gotten away from him. Tell me about it. Love the guy. But not only have we not been anywhere in a little bit, but next week, another great opportunity for us because we're headed north. And I'm pretty sure, although I haven't heard officially within the ranks of the uh, management at the radio station, you're taking the option. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're going to have to figure something out because I'm going to be up in North Bay and Sudbury. I have no idea where you're going to be. Well, maybe we'll do a phone call. We'll get you on the phone, I'll and we'll do you. a pod. Do they have phones in North Bay and Sudbury? I, well, I don't know, but when you're up there, if you're up, well, if you're up in Sudbury, when you're in Sudbury, we went to a delightful coffee shop. Yes, we did. Right across from uh, the sta- the statue of Stomp and Tom. You got it. Sudbury Saturday yeah. night. <laughs> out, in, uh, out in front of the Sudbury Arena, and that's actually the name of it. Um, Head on over there and grab me a, a some coffee beans. That was a great spot. Oh, you want some? Yeah, you want me I'm going to give you back. some money and you okay. can grab some coffee beans. For I can me. do that because I'm going to go to the coffee shop, do my pregame, yeah. and from there, yeah, yeah. It, it's a great spot. Okay. Nice little mellow spot. But no, I'm taking the option, um, mostly because I have a full time job. Oh, that. Yeah, <laughs> I have a full time job too. I know, yeah. and yours is for this radio station <laughs> that we that we call games on. So right. they allow you to do that. I get it. Mine says you need to use your vacation days, and I said I have none. <laughs> 
I think I think you're just trying to get out of the trip. I, and I love this one too. I love I, going north. So do I. Portrait of the Queen. I would love both I, arenas. Trust me, there isn't an arena that I would rather go to than Sudbury. The big Portrait of the Queen, the great coffee shop across the street. I love a good coffee, and I love a good coffee shop. More importantly, any hockey rink that is going to send a stuffed wolf across a hockey rink when your team scores in the rafters has my vote for best rink in the league any day. It is the highlight of the year every time I go up there. (laughs) They send a stuffed wolf across a line in the rafters. It is outstanding. I wish they did it all the time. I wish it was lower. I wish they had lights on it. I wish it had red laser beams coming out of its eyes. I love it. I'd like, I'm sad I'm missing it. I'd like some of those upgrades because that would mean that the stuffed wolf got upgraded because that thing is ratty. Isn't it? Oh, my gosh. It's just the best thing in the world. Take it to the new arena with you, Sudbury. Take it with you. Right? And they should, like, lower it from the, the scoreboard or something so it comes right down at ice level and, like, growls. Or, like, they, they kind of send it from, like, a corner. A corner. And you can barely the, see it. Yeah, to yeah. the middle of the ice and then just send it back. Yeah. It's literally on a clothesline and someone's pulling it. I, I just wish they would send it the length of the ice. and Do it every time. They only do it on, like, the first goal, I think. Do it every time. It would be sweet. Are you sure they don't do it every time? Well, last year when I was when we were up there, they only did it at the first goal. Because okay. I, I made sure to try to watch it. Okay. I see. I tend to get into the game and I forget things. No, I, right? I, There's I, a lot I'm going there for on. the wolf. I, get, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> I, don't, I, I think they should at least carry on the tradition. And, you know, that makes me think when I mentioned portraits of the Queen in both arenas at the uh, North Bay Memorial Gardens and at the Sudbury Arena, uh, you talked earlier, and, and maybe it would be a good topic for an upcoming pod about the favorite play-by-play guys. Whatever happened to? I, I've actually had this in the back of my mind for quite some time. I know this will shock you because I cling to things. <laughs> Whatever happened to the portrait of the Queen we used to have in Kitchener? Where is it? I know it's not hanging anymore. You, if, if you have a portrait of a queen mm-hmm. in a building, mm-hmm. in a hockey arena, and you take it down, it's not like you make it kindling. I guarantee to you that this portrait is somewhere, somewhere in a building in this city. I want it back. I say we get it back. I wonder where it is. I wonder where it is, too. You don't just throw it out, right? Like well, you that's what I'm saying. You, you can get, you? I don't know. I don't think it's just you the can. queen. Like she has at, no bearing on anything in our country anymore. At, are you sure? Are you well, in this country I, still? I know she shouldn't, but you, she does. I, I know. Yeah. Okay. At, at at most, I think you can remove it from its frame and roll it up and put it in a tube somewhere. But that, I'm thinking this whole thing. I bet you it's still framed. I bet you it's sitting. It's got to be somewhere. I want to find it. And I might even investigative journalism. I might even say, let's put her back up. Let's hang the Queen's portrait again. Really? Where? Well, let's, you know what? We'll take a closer look around before the game okay. tonight. See if we can find an appropriate wall and uh, go from there. If you're ever wondering, the, to the listener, if you're ever wondering, which podcast should I listen to? Why do I listen to Farwell and Pope? Fedora? Yep. <laughs> Stuffed wool? <laughs> Where's our Queen photo? photo? This is why. This is what you get here on the Farwell and Pope podcast. We hope you enjoyed it this week. We'll figure out what we're doing next week when Pope takes the option on the northern trip. (laughs) (laughs) I know. We'll figure it out. I'm Farwell. And I'm Pope. And that is the Farwell and Pope podcast. This has been the Farwell and Pope podcast, posted weekly. If you have questions, topics, or a story you would like to be covered, simply email mike at 570news.com. The Farwell and Pope podcast originates from the 570 News studio in Kitchener. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. Had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.